97X Modern Rock for Cincinnati and Dayton with Cincinnati's own Over the Rhine and Jaxie. The Jam and some Colt got things started. Uh, tune in tonight for Local Licks when you're here from the Tiger Lilies, Plastic Ants, and a special hidden track from former 97 Exposure winners Messerly and Ewing, Just Found. It's all brought to you by Bud Light and Dickerson Dis uh, Distribution, only on your home for local music. 97 day. future right now. Yeah. Day. Mm -hmm. No, I'm yeah. sorry. I do want to hear yeah, that that hidden track, and I want to hear all the local licks. Love the local bands. Tiger Lily's still doing it, you know, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, we're no longer at 97X. The station went off the air, off the internet. We're just hanging out and talking about, reminiscing about those good old days at 97X no, in a podcast. The Messily and Ewing track, we're going to hear it. It's, it's a kazoo and a ukulele. Oh, man, sweet. Can't you throw yeah. in a little recorder as like a, like a backing track on that? Not a bad idea. Well, we'll have to find out tonight on Local Licks, brought no. to you by Bud Light and Dickerson. Sorry. Sorry, Dave. Right, but the good news is we do have one half of that uh, 97 Exposure winning duo joining us today, Mark Messerly. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is, this is awesome. Now, I tune in religiously to the, you're, you're now a member of the band Wussy, we should say that. Yeah. You also have, you put out a solo album uh, what year and a half, two years ago? Yeah, about yeah, about a year and a half ago. Okay, and what like what name did that have? It, it's uh, my solo project is I call it Inert, I N E R T, uh, because it cracks me up. <laughs> uh, I also like I'm not gonna have another project with the name Messerly in it. It's awkward, and you know, it, I mean, it's one thing. Simon and Garfunkel, fine, you know, but Messerly and Ewing, I don't know. I feel like we probably could have tried harder and come up with a name. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, so, yes, yeah, um, yeah, that's going to be kind of, um, I'm, Wussy will hopefully, as soon as we can get, uh, find a safe way to do it, uh, we're, we're, we're chomping at the bit to get our next record started. We've got, I think uh, the songs um, and I've got a whole batch of songs that I want to um, record for the next inert record too. So slowly, but surely we'll keep cranking out the, uh, the music. Inert. The first time I heard it is on a, on another local station uh, inhaler is where I first heard. Really? Their, yeah. I have heard it that that's the only time I've ever heard it until Damien brought it up to me. Yeah, um, I didn't, uh, you know, I put it out myself. Um, I didn't really do any of the standard things you're supposed to do to to be successful, which is kind of, you know, um, kind of, a, I don't know, it's like our raison d'etre, you know, just make sure you continually don't do the things that lead to success. And you can also be a member of Wussy and Messerly and Ewing. Um, so... Uh, it, it it the thing that was fun or or I guess where my focus was for that one was I just really wanted to collaborate with as many people as possible. So the first 100 copies um, all had um, original artwork in them, not from me. I um, so I, I asked about oh, I don't know, probably about 12 uh, visual artists I know, photographers and artists, uh, and and I gave them the record and and then they created something. And I just said it had to be of a size that could fit in a CD. And then for the recording, um, 
I booked two days at the now gone Ultra Suede Recording Studios, uh, John Curley's old studio, and we set up live. And I'd done rehearsals, like one rehearsal with about half of them, but but then about half the record uh, was recorded with this the musicians rec- playing them together for the first time. So it was this kind of live. I, I guess um, the thing is, when you're asking someone like John Curley or Lisa Walker to play on your record, they're really good at their jobs. Like, they're fantastic musicians. My songs are easy. So it was like, why belabor the point? Let's just get that first cool idea um, from these brilliant musicians and then and then make a record. So... Um, uh, so it was a blast for me, and and I had these like 100 handmade original artwork, you know, CDs, and so it was cool. I just don't know um, even how one goes about uh, promoting records. Like back in the 97X days, yeah, I would have, I would have sent you packages. We would have taught. I would have, you know, annoyed you, uh, you know, with phone calls and stuff. But now I'm like, what? I mean, KEXP. Uh, there's, there's, there's that handful of uh, of places for radio, press, uh, printed press is almost gone. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I don't even really have any answers now. If if Wussy wasn't on Shake It, I don't even know how anyone would hear that music too. So, it's a weird world out there. Yeah, definitely. But I, I do tune in to the, the Wussy, so it, for a while, for a long while, it alternates. Wussy would mm-hmm. be streaming live on Facebook, and yeah. it's usually Chuck and Lisa, and then you and Holly J. Yeah. Sunshine would kind of oh. alternate. And I know since school has started, you've kind of paused that. But there was, I think, the last time you were on, and you talked about when you played in the finals of 97 Exposure and yes. won, and then went down to a, an Ask Pony show right afterwards, I think. It was absolutely just um, like the perfect night um, because that was the first time I'd ever played Bogarts, and I've only played Bogarts twice now. One ninety-seven exposure, and then Wussy opened up for the Afghan Wigs, and so to be on the big stage and and put on a rock show and then win and then go down, and that was you know Lohio. That was after Lohio had just a fairly it had only been out for a little while, so it was packed barrel house concert. And uh, yeah, every once in a while, you know, you get a night like that. Uh, but yeah, I will. That whole the thing about um, the '97 exposure was that I don't I don't know if you guys like realize like we used to have um, parties on the night when you guys would play the the top twenty. You know, um, uh, I remember going over to Sean Riney's house. Uh, who, who, yeah. So that's the you. You remember him, Sean Riney and Clabber Girl, Girl. Who also. Yeah. Um, you know, and and we would listen and see if our bands made it, and and then to and then to get that make that top cut with the that 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 year with Messerlin Ewing and play the we played. Gosh, we played some weird club for the first round. I don't even oh, know. Oh yeah, that, that club, I was there. I was one of the judges for that one on on the first round. It was at like Goth Club, and yeah. I can't think of the name of it now. But yeah, it was that old Goth Club, and it was yeah. like wow, it was so weird and so cool. And um, our drummer, it was like he was just twenty one years old, uh, Justin Hackett, and he's a brilliant drummer, but he'd never really played out. 
and he was freaking out because like his first almost his first gig with Messer and Ewing was was the 90 stone exposure so I remember I don't know if this is yeah I was, I was like I looked at him and he was like white so I was like dude come here so we so I, I got him a shot of tequila and I was like all right just have fun and and so the whole process was just a blast and and then damn if you won 97 exposure you got like this folder of free stuff like we got free recording time we got we got um like a gift certificate to buy gear so where i'm still using um the speakers and little you know uh powered mixer you know that we bought from 97 exposure uh yeah it was it was just such an amazing experience and also you guys played uh shallow grave like a bunch a bunch i could actually I, I, I like to say I had a minor local hit, yeah. uh, whether that's technically true or not. Uh, these things are all like still just make me feel good. You know, they're great memories and, and great. Uh, they feel good. Uh, tell me about what 97X was to budding musicians as far as the songs and the music we played compared to the other stations. I came here after college. So... You know, I'm trying to figure out Cincinnati and Cincinnati back then were, you know, was still like considered one of the most conservative places in the world. We, you know, because uh, I went to school in Boston and and all anyone thought about uh, and all anyone would bring up about Cincinnati was the um, Robert Maplethorpe. That was like the thing that you're like, oh, here I am. Yeah. So, of course, stumble on 97 exposure or 90, not 97, 97X. And um, it's all we listen to. Um but I, you know, one of the funny things, my first time that I really tuned in regularly to 97X was actually for the comedy. You used to do, first time I heard Dave Chappelle was, I don't remember what it was, it was in this morning, you'd do this like comedy uh, thing. I, yeah, um, it was it was a comedy lunch. It was, it was a comedy, morning yeah. to some people, but it was a comedy lunch. Yeah, yeah. morning to me. Uh, um, so, but here's the thing, and I can say this without hyperbole. Um, as I as I started listening to 97X, um, I still think consider it arguably the greatest rock station uh, in, in the country. Uh, I mean, what who competes? There was a pretty good um, indie rock, college rock, whatever uh, station in was it Boston FNX or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. F- FNX, yeah. Um, and they were really good, but they didn't quite have the um, I guess the breadth of, um, or the the breadth and depth of artists. So you know you could just listen to ninety seven X forever and and continually hear new stuff. And you know for if you're if you're a young or, or musician like that's that's gold. You know you, you're I'm always and I still am always desperately trying to find new music music that will inspire me, music that I can steal without anyone re- quite realizing who I am actually stealing from. Um, you know, I mean, I remember, uh, I know it's African, but I heard, uh, is it Going to Town uh, off of Black Love, the the Afghan Wigs record, you know, and and like hearing just, and, and then writing a song, like, like, you know, it was that kind of impact. Sometimes you'd hear a song and they'd be like, and just hit stop. And then pick up the guitar and go, and that you know that happened repeatedly. So um, yeah, I feel like I don't know what it was like to work there, but I, you know, Brian Ewing uh, was the DJ there for a while, and it just it feels like 
you guys had um, a kind of autonomy that had gone away in most stations. Like people talk about the glory, you know, uh, days of 70s uh, AOR or whatever record uh, stations where the DJs could, you know, make their own thing. And, um, but it felt like, you know, I just love it when a station and the DJs are allowed to have their own personality and not like, Hey, Hey, Bob and Tom personality, but like their own creative personality where you could be like, yeah, that, you know, that person uh, obviously has a predilection for, you know, new wave, new wave or something. And, um, so you get to know the DJs, not just from the words, but, but from the, from their, um, person, from their musical personalities. Uh, you know, a Barb Abney, you know, she's, uh, she, I mean, geez, what a great lady. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she, and that, there's this little world out there. Like when, when we would go, when Wissy would get out to, uh, Minnesota or anywhere in that area, Barb would show up and you're like, it's Barb and Matt Shivy. Shiv, yeah, Shiv. Mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, that, um, I, I, I truly, I've thought about it a lot over the years and, and this, the fact that this, this little, you know, Miami, Oxford, little town had arguably the best rock station, best, uh, I don't know, what did you call it? Uh, future. It's no, it, I mean, it, it wasn't college rock. That was indie. Was, what, did we, what did we call it in the 80s? Well, we called it modern rock, but modern that, rock. Was, but that was still isn't true either. I mean, we were yeah. playing Velvet Underground. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe, you know, I, I, I can't say if the West Coast had anything equivalent, but I, I do feel like you guys uh, uh, were, 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 were up there. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was super important station. And um, nothing, I mean, nothing's really replaced it. I, I, I'll go to KEXP, but again, that, that's got that really lovely thing, but, you know, it, it's not all rock. Uh, and they're they're amazing people they've been wussy you know wouldn't have a following on the west coast without kexp but it's mm-hmm. still again uh, they've they've it's it's just that whole world of music whereas uh, dedicated modern like new forward looking uh rock station man i miss that you know what's interesting is is you're saying about all those different things. Kevin Cole, who is a big influencer at, out there, at KEXP, actually worked at at 97X as a program director for about yeah, yeah for like eight eight nine months. wasn't there long, but yeah, he, you know, and so he gets that too. Yeah, um, that's so cool. And again, like we've we've gone out and played there a couple times, and the people there are they're just sweethearts who are doing a job for love for the love of the game right mm-hmm. and that's the same way it was with the 97x i never um i never met anyone who worked there and i'm not saying there weren't some people that i just didn't i was lucky enough not to meet but in general like i, I mean isn't that just like the the best thing is that, you know the musicians in our the biggest compliment that uh, i feel like uh musicians give each other uh, who are not like actually famous or something you know maybe they have a different set of compliments is is to call someone a lifer you know they're uh you mentioned the tiger tiger lilies you know in your uh, intro there like tiger lilies are lifers they're it does not matter um how whether they're having an up period or a down period or whether people are showing up or whether they're playing to no one they're they're in the game because it's what they have to do and i find that the um 
that the the DJs who who got into it because again, I mean, you guys did it for love, not money. I I, I remember <laughs> Brian Williams telling me what what you guys got paid, and it was like, are you kidding me? Wait, Brian well, got actually, paid? Hold on, what happened? Yeah, well, <laughs> ish. <laughs> I'm gonna break it. I'm gonna break it to you. Damien was in it for the money and not the music. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, yeah. Like, uh-huh. He's got yeah. that microphone and a and a and a poster on the wall. He's, yeah, he's large. Uh, yeah, this is the most right. lavish party dungeon you're ever gonna find. <laughs> no doubt about oh, it. It blew me away. I uh, gosh, I, I I this is I shouldn't bring this up because I don't have a clear enough memory. But I do remember Brian used to um, put together that. Um, extra beats 97 extra beats yes yes and like it would take a lot of time and i i just remember like somehow he didn't get paid for that he didn't get paid for he got paid for the being on the air but it was just something like but whatever you know uh for the love of the music and the people that's yep. what it was about yeah. exactly and um and and you can and and you can have an impact i mean look at the impact and you know the i mean once you guys went off the terrestrial air i guess the fact that a group of you, and I don't know if you guys are involved with the the um, the, comp- the the online one, but um, but like that was the, it, there was so much love for the station. Or, you know, DJs were like, "No, we're not going to let it die. We're going to find a way." And you guys kept it going for how long was the the uh, the, the online one? They felt like you guys, or, or they, or they, whoever felt like it, it was had fun. It was Shiv and, and Barb for a while, uh, and um, Mike Tan. And, 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 yeah, Mike Taylor was a big part of it. Brian Miller, but it had a lot. Of, that's a lot of love for a radio station to to be like, no, nope, we're not going to let it die. Yeah, I mean, it it did have uh, a couple of iterations, even in the the online form, because there was you know like Angel Investors, and then Lala took over, and then a third okay. owner, and then they moved to Austin, and then I think the new owners realized like they were kind of bleeding, hemorrhaging money. And they're like, yeah. shut it down, which is unfortunate. And it's still a gap. I mean, as you talked about, and thank you for your kind words about 97X, but that's why Dave and I, you know, 30 years later, still get together and mm-hmm. talk to people, Steve Baker, folks that were on the air, listeners, advertisers, bands like you, is because it, it was such a fun time and we did do it for the love of the music. Yeah. And did it well. You know, that's the thing. Like, uh, we uh and in particularly in Whistleyland, we get uncomfortable if people say too many nice things um but i just you know but that, it's cool it's cool to do something for the love of the game but it's even sweeter when you're like yeah do it well like every once in a while things come together and damn had a moment we hope you enjoyed our magical moments with mark messerling You can find music from Mark's project, Inert, on wussyworld.com or on Bandcamp. Just make sure you click on the Inert from Cincinnati, not Inert, the Swedish death metal band. On the next episode of the Rumblings from the Big Bush podcast, we'll talk more with Mark about his bandmates in Wussy, including the late great John Earhart, his day job, his hilarious blog post, and the fact that I am not his stalker. Promise. Ninety-seven X. The future of rock and roll.